and welcome back everybody to another episode of the bub and the bloom episode 104 we're wrapping up the outfield wrapping up hitters that's pretty crazy uh outfield part three of your 2024 fantasy baseball preview adp's 41 hoping to get to 100 that is the goal uh as we go through tonight you guys got a lot of great listener questions so we'll get to those as well but before we do that Housekeeping as always. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how we doing, my friend? We're doing great. Happy February. I feel like I feel like yeah. things are actually really moving along now. Um, ton of drafts coming up. TGFBI was mm-hmm. was kind of announced today with Justin Mason and partnering with Fantasy Cares, uh, which is a very cool addition to that contest. If you want more information about that, if just learning about it or donating to Fantasy Cares um, at Justin Mason FWFB on Twitter. Um, I mean, most importantly, our auction leagues are we, we've hit the next step. We're rocking more to roll. come on that in in just a second, but uh, but yeah, we had a trade. Like things things are happening, things are moving, and we've got spring training and pitchers and catchers later this month. So I'm doing. Pretty, pretty darn good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, pitchers and catchers in about 10 days, 10, 12 days, give or take, somewhere in that window because they all have uh, different days. But by Valentine's Day, most of them should be in camp, which will be pretty, pretty sweet. Um, yeah, good day. TGFBI, you mentioned things are heating up. Uh, Corbin Burns is now a Baltimore Oriole. Like, wow. Didn't see that coming. I'm not a fan of the return if I'm the Brewers. Guess time will tell. Prospects are prospects, but uh there's, there's a lot to be curious about there's a lot to be curious of what else leaves town pretty soon if it's one of those if it's not uh nailed down in the house it's a chance it's leaving so just kind of keep that in mind in, in milwaukee right now but any thoughts on corbin burns i've heard he's like the best pitcher in baseball now yeah apparently um <laughs> i mean i'm thinking back to our i mean and so we'll do starting we'll dive into starting pitchers next week but we did do a top 20 starting pitcher episode forget when we did that december yeah, maybe it's been a while we were both pretty low on burns relative to the market i think he was like our sixth or seventh starting pitcher um so probably not getting him in drafts and for me nothing really changes in terms of burns like yes probably the park is better the lineup is is better more run support uh the division's tougher i know we don't have uh I don't know. We, we we don't have the unbalanced schedule anymore, but uh, I don't know. I think it's it's probably just a wash, and so I'm still probably low on Burns. Um, didn't I? Did you know that I did not know you could trade draft picks? Yeah, that started <laughs> that started like a year ago, maybe two years max. That was it's one of just the, the. It's just the award picks or the comp. Picks. So I think this is like the Gunnar Henderson Rookie of the Year award sense. pick that Baltimore is trading back to uh, Milwaukee. But I saw that and I was like, wait. Did I miss something? Yeah, that part's good for Milwaukee. I like that. I was telling people, like, oh, they got a draft pick, too. And I'm like, well, guys, if they don't sign Burns, they're going to get a pick in that range the following year anyways. That's kind of how the deal works. So good for Milwaukee. At least they got two prospects to go with the pick that they would have got uh, if they didn't trade him and he went left town. But if he leaves Baltimore, Baltimore is basically going to replenish that pick one way or another. So it's... um it, it's good for Milwaukee to get it, but it's not going to crush Baltimore. So I'm trying to say stoked for Orioles fans. Yes. Um, it has been a long time. And I, 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 even going back to when I was growing up in the Northern Virginia area, pre nationals, 
they, the, the, the Orioles fans have suffered for, for quite some time. So for this to happen two days after the ownership change is uh, really cool. A lot of fired up O's fans, and, and, and they should be. One final thing I'll talk about the trade is I think indirectly a benefactor is either Abner Uribe or Joel Piamps. I think uh, I forget what metaphor you just said of it. What did you say? If it's not nailed down, it's, if it's not nailed down. It, it could be leaving the house. Is that like a saying or did you just come up with that? It's it's, it's a version of a saying. I probably butchered it, but it is a version of a it's, saying. Yes, it's pretty good. I, I think uh, I think Devin Williams is out at some point, either uh, in obviously in, in spring or um a trade during the season so i i actually just scooped up abner uribe in the 32nd round of our current first pitch draft mm -hmm. not saying it's going to happen but i just feel like uh, there's more to come on this milwaukee undressing yeah that's not a bad scoop up i scooped up robert gasser a few picks before you that son of a <laughs> so that was uh that was fun it's called right place right time that's when slow drafts uh, as the kids say hit hard that's where it worked pretty good right there so I was pretty proud of that one. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep my reaction clean on that one. We had the we had the more raw version before the uh, before the episode hit. Yeah, Ryan's Ryan's going through. They're like, hey, it looks like a gaster just went. Well, yeah, to me, <laughs> the reaction, not for the show. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, if you're a Brewers fan, just remember this is a um, going to be a rebuild. And uh, Williams could be going. Peralta could even be going. And hopefully, if he does, you get a good return. He's got a couple years left of uh, before our, at least two years, I believe. Uh, Williams is not a free agent until 2026. Those guys could bring some hauls back if if something were to happen. And then um, Willie Adamas is the other guy I'd keep an eye on. I know the Giants would love to have him, and some other teams could use a shortstop. So I wouldn't be surprised if Willie goes, because with the uh, Ortiz addition, uh, you already have um, Terang, who's second base shortstop. Ortiz yep. is a pretty good defensive shortstop who they got from Baltimore. You don't want him playing third base because that blocks Black from coming up to play third base. So if you want this rebuild to happen, Adamus is a logical piece to to leave town. Uh, the Giants is interesting; like he'd fit there, but they also want Luciano to play, so who knows? But there's a good chance Adamus is going. Is the point to this conversation? Keep yep. an eye on that one as well. Yep. All right, listener leagues. Like uh, Bloomfield said, we are moving. We are chugging along. We have about three and a half leagues filled up, and a couple hours before this show, maybe four hours before this show or so. We sent out the forms to fill out with the four dates to tell us which ones work for you, kind of in an order, which ones absolutely do not work for you, so on and so forth. So we are filling the leagues at this point in time. We still need about, you know, you know, probably six or seven players, I think, something along those lines, give or take, to have them completely full. But once we get everybody put in their leagues, we will have the links to sign up, and I will tell you guys what you will be playing for an overall title for. Anything else on that one? Um, if so, we reach out to everyone in the, in the medium that you reach out to us with. So if you DM'd us, we DM'd you back with the link to the survey. If you emailed us, we emailed you back. Um, if you had not, if, if, if we, we may have missed some people, so, um, or we have may have missed somebody. If, if you did express interest to us and we have not sent you a link to the survey, uh, the form, let us know and we will get that out to you. And again, Bubba, like you were saying, a uh, few spots still open, so a simple rate and review of the podcast, and it's a $50 entry to get in. We've confirmed with the NFBC that, yes, these are standalone leagues, but the NFBC is going to, a, going to be able to stand up an overall component to this where we can actually check the standings and whatever throughout. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun to uh, to watch. And I'm thinking of maybe doing a Zoom 
during mine. We will see. We will see. Uh, TBT. And, when, on that an optional one. one. It wouldn't be live streamed or anything like that. It would just be a, a way hang. to kind of hang. hang out and talk during the auction. So um, if anyone's interested in that, let me know, kind of going back and forth there. But uh, I think it could be fun. And you want to know why our listeners are so awesome? While we were talking uh, about needing to fill the fourth league, I just got a DM from a listener we know, uh, MS on Twitter. MS. And, and he said, "Okay, I'll cave. I'll help you fill the fourth league." So we have another addition. MS, one of the one of the OGs. Yep, he's been around for a long time. So Great. come and join the party, folks. It's a blast. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think you covered everything else. Um, but again, those dates. The first there's there's four drafts. The first date is. February 19th, ranging through February, I think, 28th. So yep. uh, tried to tried to switch up times and days of the week and that sort of thing to get everybody uh, a shot. And we're trying, and it looks like we can, based on the early responses, get everyone their top or second choice, which would be really cool. Yeah. And also the last thing I guess I'll mention is um, for those that maybe are like super flexible, like all four could work for you or something, we've had some people message us that. That's very helpful just in case. So. Yeah. Uh, if you want to like just DM us like you've been doing, awesome. I know most people are sick of us talking about this, but we like it. We like having all you guys a part of it. A lot of first-time NFBC players, a lot of first-time NFBC auction players, a lot of first-time auction players. I guess is the whole purpose of this project. And it's uh, to to me and Ryan, I guess I'll speak for Ryan. I could be speaking out of turn here. This has gone pretty awesome, like the way it's all coming together. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and it uh, should, should be a blast. So, All right, outfield part three, Ryan. The board, what do we got? The board is up for the YouTube and live stream crowd. We've got, uh, so we, we got two boards tonight, but for to save our, our vision, our collective vision, <laughs> we split it up into two separate boards. And we're not going to talk about every single one. Uh, like Bubba said, we're, we're going 41 through 100 tonight. We're breaking them up in groups of five. And so we'll just kind of go through and talk about uh, one within each group of five and and go from there and a, a ton a ton of listener questions so we will also try and skip some of the uh some of the players that you guys have asked about we'll save those for the end for the listener question part but uh what you're looking at here is your top adp 175 riley green through 301 will benson um so you're 41 through 70 outfield with atc projections uh color-coded as usual um i like a few names on this list i like actually more than a few names on this list and that was there was a couple listener comments about that uh leading up to the show but uh yeah let's get into it man yep it'll be fun as was said we'll go five at a time give like one guy we like in each pocket and go from there so we'll kick it off adp 41 through 45 i will trust my handy dandy sheet here to go through this um, we got Riley Green, Masataka Yoshida, James Outman, Brandon Nimmo, Stephen Kwan. You got some similar similar players here, and then a couple standouts. Who do you like in this range, Ryan? Um, I actually like so it's it's kind of a, a your taste. Uh, I like the ceiling of Riley Green. I like the safety of Brandon Nimmo, and um, I would say given the way I draft, I'd normally go Nimmo, but we are starting to get later in the draft where you can start to kind of take some shots. Um, Riley Green's very successful base stealer. Power looks really good. I know the park does not, uh, the power doesn't play that well in the park. He's been on a couple 
home run per barrel leaderboards where he has a lot of barrels but not many homers i think some of that is nature of the park uh but just a high ceiling guy's still 23. so if you're if you're looking for a ceiling play i like riley green if you're looking for a floor it's brandon nemo man like i did not realize he hit uh was it 25 home runs last year uh for yeah, somebody yeah. who uh, 24 selling a little bit a little bit too much but for someone who had a career high of 16 and before that like nine um, a nice power boost from brandon nimmo and supported by a lot harder contact and brandon nimmo has hit 270 or above in each of the last looks like four seasons um plays all the damn time 673 and 682 plate appearances the last two years combined because he does get on base and does play a pretty good outfield. So uh, Brandon Nemo is probably my favorite one of this group. I like the ceiling and the and the or sorry, I like the floor and the uh, the plate appearances. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an interesting range because I found myself with shares of a few of these guys at different times based on like roster construction. I guess would be my answer. Yeah, but for me, like if I knew Outman would play a lot, Outman would be the clear guy for me in this range. But there are concerns there with all the pieces of the puzzle they brought in. So I'm going to go with Stephen Kwan. This is a guy that I've been kind of, it's been growing on me the more I've looked into him. And a couple caveats like, obviously, you need to be secure in power. The dude, you know, ATC's got him for seven homers, Steamer's got him for nine, the Bad X has him for two. This was a topic on the latest, oh. bench, the latest bench with Bubba I did with uh, Ben Tidd. We did a, a big thing on projection, standard deviations, and ADP. And Kwan was a huge one. And the big reasons because the bad X does not like him. That's basically the way it works. And this fluctuates with different players. Different. It's really fun little exercise. Bad X just doesn't like him. Uh, but what they do like is we we got a, a decent batting average floor, like two seventy five to two eighty. I think um, he's going to get you fifty ish RBIs, but you don't expect much. What you can get, you could get a guy that could potentially get you twenty steals. He had nineteen the first year, twenty one last year. Um, and what I love about what he can do besides the batting average thing is there. Um, He's going to score a ton of runs, and that's a stat we don't like focus on a lot. But as we get deeper in the draft, uh, you look at Stephen Kwan, his first two seasons, 89 runs, 93 runs. I think there's a legit 100-run guy there because he doesn't strike out at all. He nearly walks more than he strikes out percentage-wise. OBP skills are through the roof if you're in an OBP league. But last year, like the average dropped to 268 after hitting 298 in 2022. It was a gigantic BABIP drop as well. Um, that's something I, I could see coming back to life for Stephen Kwan potentially. And if he gets back to hitting 285-ish or better, we're talking about 100-plus runs, maybe still 55 RBIs, but maybe steal you 25 bags. Uh, I think there's a lot to like there. I don't think there'll ever be a power source, but um, for like roster construction purposes, he could give you three strong categories that uh, at this point in the draft is kind of some categories we don't look at as often as I think we, we discuss a lot. We, we just don't look at some of those categories. So to get a bad and average asset this late in the draft is a, a thing I, I enjoy. Like the call on runs. Uh, that that It's easy to rack up runs totals when you're hitting in front of J-Ram and future MVP, Josh Naylor. Uh, uh, Bo Naylor as well. Yeah. But yeah. Bringing, bringing up catchers already. Well, you can't just get one nailer and forget about the other. It's it's, it's in squared in um in uh, Cleveland these days. It's a, it's a fun team, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, ADP 46 through 50. We got Varsho, Newt Bar, Christopher Morell, Marte, and Tyler O'Neill. Talk about a place to potentially find some power if you're feeling frisky. What do you like in this range? Um, I really like Starling Marte in this range. Uh, start like no one's talking about Starling Marte. At least that I've seen. 
Um, and this is like a an all-time low ADP for Starling Marte. Yes, he's going to be 35. Yes, the injuries have been piling up in recent seasons. Starling Marte has not had a 550-plate appearance season since before COVID. So there's that. But when I look at the actual, like, the actual skills from Starling Marte, they are basically the exact same as to when he was a legitimate second to third round, like top 30 player. And I just feel like the market thinks Marte is, is cooked. And there's a, there's a chance of that happening. But again, this is 220 ADP. Um, I just, I, I look at the skills and I think this could be a guy that, that completely bounces back. It's all about the health. Stalling Marte though, it, he is playing or has played light on games down in the Dominican Republic and stealing bases uh, over over the winter so he's at least I think healthy right now and running um, that's a that's certainly not a bad sign so Starling Marte for me is the one who like I um, I, I, I I'm going to be all over I think at this price I'm gonna cheat here and give you two but I'll give you a quick one uh, Tyler O'Neill I'm interested at 222 ADP like this is a guy I know the back issues can be troublesome but he's also out of a atmosphere that was yep. not appreciative of Tyler O'Neill. Now he can kind of be himself again, I think, in Boston, which is big. And, you know, the projections are kind of buying a little bit to that as well. I mean, they're only projected for like 122, 125 games, but 20-plus homers, 14-ish steals, 250 to 260 average. And that's just like a pretty good floor if he plays 122. If somehow he stays healthy and plays even more groovy, uh, I think there's a lot to like there. But uh, I'm not going to – like this is a guy that was going so much earlier and giving you no return – that I think we can get a, a pretty decent four-ish category, like three and a half type category guy in this range. So I'm I'm very interested in that. The main guy I like here, and I'm gonna have way too many shares, and I will sync with this ship if it happens, is Christopher Morrell, ADP of 218. Um, a couple reasons. First off, we know the power is ridiculous. 26 homers in 107 games, hit 247, six stolen bases. Heck, he had 70 RBIs in 107 games. Big fan of that. Projection sites aren't giving him a ton of love, like 130 games played. I think he plays more. And even if you, you believe the projections at 130, you still get you 25, 14, 245. Like you can live with that. But the reason I, I'm in, in excited about Morrell is Council flat out said they're going to do everything they can to play him every single day. If it's at first base, if it's at third base, if it's in the outfield, if it's at DH, they're going to find a spot for Christopher Morrell. So I'm a huge fan there. Yes, I am aware. If Cody Bellinger signs, it's another wrench in the armor. I get it, but uh, I love Christopher Morrell. You cannot deny the power that he brings to the plate. Um, it's, it's it's freakish power. So, yeah, mm -hmm. Christopher Morrell is the one I really, really want in this range. I can see it. I actually like, I mean, and we won't talk about every single one, but I also like Varsho, and I can see the case for Lars Nupar here as well. Yep. So what I what I was saying at the top of, like, there's, there's some names available here, um, really these five names. Uh, like I'm not as high in Morel as you are, but I, I totally see it. I totally see it. This this group of five names, uh, I, it's a nice little pocket. Yep, most definitely. Let's go 51 through 55. We got Kerry Carpenter, uh, Henry Davis, Jared. You don't have Lourdes Carrillo on here. That's okay. That's one. But we'll go Kerry Carpenter. There's, yeah, there's been a couple. Yeah. Uh, it's junior part. Uh, holes in my board here. We'll go with your board though. Kerry Carpenter, Henry Davis, Jared Kelnick. <laughs> Taylor Ward and the one, the only, Luis Ringifo. So who you liking in this range? 
Uh, so Guriel, even though he's not yeah. on the damn sheet, and but Guriel was going to be mine as well. That would be the dude. If, if you're in this range, Guriel's your guy. Man, junior. That's probably what messed it up. Yep. Um, I was going to talk about Kerry Carpenter. I, and so like, I'm not as high on, on this group as I was the last, uh, group. So uh, outside of Guriel, um, but Kerry Carpenter, like I'm, I'm buying the, the, the power, the home run projection of, of 25. If you can see by looking at the board, there are not that many uh, 25 home run bats left at this point. And I, I do think he can hit you 250. Um, there's some platoon risk, like Kerry Carpenter did not. He did play against lefties down the stretch last year, but not particularly well. So I will see that. Uh, but what Kerry Carpenter did down the stretch as well is he quietly stole six bags, went six for six on stolen bases in the second half uh, last year. So I actually think there's a little bit like an outside shot at double digit bags for Kerry Carpenter uh, with 25 homers, um, even in a platoon like that's that's pretty sweet. So I'll go uh, I'll go Carpenter here. Yeah, I guess I'll cheat. I'll say Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, for it. Yeah. Just cause, just because he's here, and I'm I I was a fan before he came back to Arizona. I think we talked about it on like one of our early early shows. I'm like, he's going back. Like, it just fits him in Arizona. It all fits. Like, uh, it, he they embrace him there. And I'm a big fan of that. And when you get him at ADP where he's going at right now, um, you know, he hit 24 home runs last year, drove in 82, hit 261 in 145 games. That's really strong at his uh, at his ADP world. The D-back should still be a very strong team. Should have Corbin Carroll still getting on base in front of him. Could tell Marte. And the projections, like, they're pretty favorable because he's going to give you a good average. Again, it's kind of a theme is if you're if you're hurting an average, these are guys that can help you late in drafts. Like, projections have him at 283 for the bad X, ATC 274. That's a gap. Steamer 277. So there are some discrepancies there, but I'll even take 275. So, like, that, that doesn't hurt. He's got, you know, 20-ish home run power. Uh, we'll drive in a bunch of runs. Uh, I, I do like uh, Lourdes in this range quite a bit. Real quick, just for completeness, Henry Davis is on this list at ADP of 228 with projections that are kind of nowhere near anyone else. Uh, but that's because I think the market, myself included, because I took him in our current draft, is banking on him gaining catcher eligibility at some point in 2024. Probably not immediately. I think Indy's going to be the main catcher, but I think Henry Davis at some point gets that catcher eligibility. And then and then his 242, 14 home runs, eight stole, stolen bases looks decent as a second catcher so not not right. not to talk catchers in front of you but throw that good. out there it's all good it's uh it's a late night show it's under it's okay uh adp 56 through 60 um got jack sawinski whit merrifield gavin lux brian de la cruz and leody Tavares. jung hu lee would have been here because i saw we had a listener question on that yeah, yeah. that was a that was a hyphenated thing where the boards won't pick that up either so <laughs> we could have six guys in here if you'd like but Captain Jack, Witt, Gavin, De La Cruz, Leody, and then Jung Hu, if you'd like. So who do you like in this range? I like Leody. Um, I think he, he's enter, he, he, age 25. The, the glove's good enough that I think Leody's going to play every day. Went 14-14 last year in terms of homers and steals and hit 266 uh, with strikeout rate improvements with a 7% barrel rate that is certainly not slap hitter-ish like he, I mean, HQ had 13 expected home runs for Leody Tavares compared to 14. So we believed in the power and an almost 80% stolen base success rate. So um, I think I think the combination of what Leody Tavares has shown already in his age 24 season, 
combined with the playing time in a in a really good lineup, yes, I'll 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 see that Leone Tavares is probably going to hit ninth in that lineup, but whatever. Uh, it's pick two seventy five, um, and again, only twenty five. So there could actually be another another level here. I really like Leone Tavares. Kind of kind of by far the best in this group. I'm not I'm not a big fan of some of these other guys going here. Yeah, he's probably the best one here, and it's a guy that wasn't too long ago people had really high expectations for, him, and he just kind of stumbled yeah. for a little bit, and now he's got his kind of foothold on that job, and production has followed. So I get it there. Um, we have a couple questions in this range, so I'm actually going to just mention the names, and we'll talk about these guys later in the show on the question segment, but I do like Captain Jack, uh, Jack Sawinski. I'm a big fan of his. I know um, we have a question on that later. And Brian De La Cruz. I like both those guys in this range. If you need to like De La Cruz, more of a kind of steady floor guy. Jack's got a ceiling, but batting average could get you, which is tricky. We'll talk about both those guys on the listener question segment because I, I know we got a few on those, and I want to keep this train rolling because I'm going to get us through all 100 of these. That's the goal on this show. I'm going to try and stall so you can't. How about uh, – I'm just kidding. That's Keep friends going. right there, folks, friends. <laughs> uh, ADP 66 through 70 here. You got MJ Melendez, Parker Meadows, Brendan Donovan, Jose Siri, and Jeff McNeil. Uh, who do you like here? Because this is a range we're not as in love with. Same. Same. And actually, so there's a couple guys in the next range, like at, at the late 200s that I kind of like, but like we're starting to see – a a cliff here in my opinion in outfield like i almost don't i don't know I, i'd go probably parker meadows just because i think detroit's gonna play him and i think there's a good enough ceiling there based on what we saw last year but there's some serious batting average risk there uh jose serious siri serious siri has serious batting average you risk. really tried hard there i'm proud of you oh, i didn't even try there that was just <laughs> bad and then you've got two like slap hitters in Brendan Donovan and Jeff McNeil. Maybe I'm selling Brendan Donovan a little too short, but uh, no, I, I'm not a big fan of really any of these guys. Yeah, like the Meadows one, he should play every day and lead off, so I get that, but I just don't know what the ceiling is with him. Is the floor even worth it is the question. Uh, the guy I'll bring up if you are needing it is MJ Melendez, just for the fact he'll be leading off again for the Royals bar and it's something crazy. 235 with 16 home runs last year, six steals. Great OBP guy. If you're in those, like, really good OBP guy. But, and the projections have him being better this year. And I think he is, like, we saw him already improve from 2022 to 2023. Um, doesn't have that catcher eligibility anymore, which had him drafted so much higher last year. But all the projections have him hitting at least 20 home runs, getting either five or six steals, 70 plus runs, close to 70 RBIs, and hitting 240, 245. You can live with that at this point in the draft. That's kind of where we start to – we're starting to live in worlds of that in the draft. So Melendez is a guy that I don't think hurts you. That's why I don't mind him here. If you need like a fourth or fifth outfielder still, hopefully fifth. But if it's a fourth, I get it. Um, he doesn't hurt you, and there is maybe another level to him, which is, intrigues me. He's going to be 25 this year. Um, you know, he had 65 runs last year. Like I said, he's projected for the 70s. But if he leads off, that offense is getting better. Like he could – sneak his way into 80-something runs. Uh, so MJ would be the guy if I had to pick someone in this range. The next five, we have Christopher Bryant. My, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, he has ADP right now of 285. South Frelick, Nelson Velasquez, Max Kepler, and Will Benson. Fun range here if you believe in playing time. So uh, what do you like here? 
I think I think you know, we'll, we've got some questions, I think, on Velasquez, so we'll shove that for just a sec. But uh, Max Kepler, for me, is like a no-doubt pick at this point. Um, the projections have Kepler at, as like the – at least my projections have Kepler as a one – the 123rd hitter off the board going at 172. Or, uh, the projections have him the 123rd best hitter, and he's the 172nd uh, bat off the board. So that's like a 50 spot uh profit from from max kepler and the skills support it like kepler for once was decent against lefties last year so i i think there's a chance he gets out of that platoon and consistently plays every day with uh with the twins the power looks great um the only kind of thing with max kepler is he hasn't had a 500 plate appearance season since 2019 so and he's 31 years old, or he will be 31 for the season. But uh, I think I think the I think the batting average slash power combo from Kepler is 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 pretty strong at this point. There's not too many other bats where you're getting power and not hurting batting average. So especially at 293. So I like Kepler a ton. Yep, always been a Kepler fan. He's seems to always be like in this ADP range. Like I know he's always like, no one ever cares about the guy Poor, poor guy. Pretty similar stats more often than not with him. So uh, I'm with you on that. The guy I would have talked about is Nelson Velasquez. Again, we'll talk about him in the listener questions because we have some there, but just for fun, Gialdi in the chat says uh, Velasquez with full, oh, sorry, with full run uh, hits how many home runs? I would say 37. With full run, which yeah. – which is debatable, but yeah, uh, I, I'd say 35, 40 homers. Yep. Yep. I'm going to say 37. Power is uh, that good. I, I love Alaska. If anybody's been listening long enough, they, they knew how excited I was when he got called up last year. So, or traded, I should say, from Chicago to Kansas City. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of what he brings to the table in a big, big way. All right, Mr. Bloomfield, we need a new board. Oh, man. That's going to be. We're halfway through it. We're halfway. I, I told you we're going to get to 100 today. Jesus, this is the beauty of the back end of the draft, folks. The talent is not worth talking about every one of them unless you ask the question. Then we'll talk about them. But you kind of start losing go. them here. New board. New board. Um, oh my god, look at all this red! This is like a scene out of never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, next set of ADP here would be 71 through 75. Tommy Pham, Brent Rooker. Giancarlo Stanton, Willie Castro, Austin Hayes. This is a fun range right here. Free Willie. Free Willie. Yes, that's the guy for sure. And Willie might them. Willie might be freed. He is freed, I think. I so, think he is. Uh, Willie Castro, for me, is the, the obvious one here. Um, third base and outfield eligible, so that helps. The 33 stolen bases, like, Frankly, yes, like came out of nowhere, but was 87% successful and had a stolen base attempt rate of 36%. So basically when he was on first, there was a one in three chance he was going to go and and often he was successful. And it's not just like, I mean, there was there was some pop here. There was another 7% barrel rate. The expected homers were, were nine on nine home runs as well. Um, HQ's expected batting average is a little lower than like the 257 for Willie Castro, but I just think you're getting a rare, rare commodity here in stolen bases at this late in the draft. If you need bags and you need some position flexibility, Willie Castro 307, man, that is that is awesome 
I he's he's discounted this much because there are playing time questions, but I think that just works itself out in Minnesota, and it, I, I think it already kind of is. Yep, I, I like that call. Tommy Pham's interesting because he's uh, without a home at the moment, but he still produced again last year. Like the dude's still playing good enough. Uh, the, the quality of contact metrics are really good still. So he's intriguing. But the guy I want to talk about here is Austin Hayes at ADP 317. Yeah. Like similar to Max Kepler, Hayes getting no love. Uh, 16 homers, 275, five stolen bases, 76 rounds, 67 RBIs at this spot. Awesome. Projections like him to probably do even more in the power department, uh, which, which is great to see when, when you look at this bolstered, powerful Orioles offense. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to sell it here, folks. Um, you got Hayes hitting in the middle of it uh, right now. And we've seen him lead off in the past. I don't think that happens now with Gunner and Adley in town. But you have him hitting fifth or sixth to, to drive in runs in that in that spot. That could be big. The power is legit. Now, you know, the left field in Cam, or Camden will always be mentioned as a t- deterrent to this situation. But that also allows him to hit for a decent average because those homers are turning into doubles and he drives in runs. So I think at this ADP, post 380P, Austin Hayes is not getting the proper love he deserves at this point. Yep. Yep. The, 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 the ceiling, like the ceiling, the breakout isn't there, but the playing time's safe. Like it's just a solid late pick if you need it. Yep. Good floor player. Brent uh, Rooker. Day. So as oh, yeah. I, as I yeah. continue to, uh, to derail you trying to get through all these, it's a good range. Like I could, everybody, but Gene Carlos in play here. Like Brent Rooker ain't, ain't bad. Second Virginia tech grad. That oh, we that's why we're talking about him. Well, Got it. With, with Kerry Carpenter and Brent Rooker. We don't, we don't have many, uh, MLB alum. He's a so great Twitter follow out. too. Brent Rucker, great Twitter follow. He really embraced it towards the end of the season. He's fun. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, you're right. So he's very. Uh, he wants to learn about the way we see things. It seems like yeah, it's it's pretty fun to watch him on Twitter. Uh, the next pocket of five we have here uh, around I think it's ADP seventy five or seventy six through eighty. Alex Verdugo, New York Yankee. Alex Verdugo. Matt Walner, who just he's everywhere. If you look at sleeper picks, uh, Luke Rayleigh. Alec Thomas, Brandon Marsh. We're getting to that point in the draft. What do you got? Yeah, like I, I guess I'll kind of, I don't know, not cheat. I mean, he is in this range, but I will go Matt Walner. But I, I feel like I'm not as high on Walner as like there, there's there. You're right. There's a lot of chatter about Matt Walner right now um, because like, I mean, the power is just exceptional. The power is exceptional. And there are some some research. Um, there is some research that his swing decisions have been quite good. So maybe there are maybe there's some some upside in batting average. But man, so many strikeouts and a platoon. I don't think Walner's playing against lefties. Uh, that that's the downside to to grabbing Matt Walner. Um, it's going to be kind of touch and go in weeks where the Twins face left-handed pitching. But uh, I mean, the dude could hit 30 home runs in a platoon. So yeah. that's the case for him. But don't disagree there. The guy I'll pick is Brandon Marsh. Um, coming okay. off a pretty pretty solid year for the Phillies, his first full season there, 277, 12 and 10. Uh, hit ninth most of the time. So 60 RBIs and 58 runs scored, not bad. Strikes out a ton as well. 30.5%. Strikes out a ton, but that was down from 34 and 35 the previous two years. So maybe grain of salt there. And he also improved to a 12.5% walk rate. That balloon. So OBP's insane numbers there. But um, the other thing I liked about him is it, the improvements we saw, we also saw in the quality of contacts. 9.1% barrel, which was very strong, almost a 49% hard hit rate. 
which was great to see. So we're seeing development because Marsh at one time was a highly touted prospect. Oh, he's only gonna be 26 this year. So maybe he is developing into something yeah. worth discussing because it felt like he's been around for a long time. And then I dug in on him a while back for something. I'm like, he really hasn't been. Um, his biggest bugaboo is he does struggle versus lefties. Still hit 229 versus lefties with three homers. Versus righties hit 292 with nine homers. So even if he's in the strong side of a platoon, that is pretty good in that ballpark, in that lineup. So that's another thing to keep in mind with Brandon Marsh. And the last thing I'll mention is um, second half of the year, pretty much similar to the first half, but we um, we saw a more consistent playing time versus left-handed pitching because his defense is so good. So maybe that's something going forward. Yoan Rojas, who's later in the show, he showed signs too. We'll probably talk about him. That would be the biggest I guess, potential problem for Marsh, but they look like they love Marsh there. I think at, at an ADP at this point at uh, 324, and we're talking pretty consistent playing time and the improvements we saw, I, I like Brandon Marsh. Yeah, probably a better pick than Walner. I think you win that one. Uh, upside 2020 in the forecaster. My only problem with Brandon Marsh is I keep getting it mixed up with Jared Walsh. Well, because they, they look... I, no, I, I don't. I don't know. There's like in my brain, there are guys who I just cannot. It used to be Jorge Polanco and Eduardo Escobar. Like, could that's got him mixed up all the time. And uh, you don't want to get mixed up with Jared Walsh because Jared no. Walsh is terrible and Brandon Marsh isn't. It's not. So, you want to know why you want to know another reason why Brandon Marsh is really worth getting to know? He was traded for Logan Ohapi, and we know how great Logan Ohapi is. So if you're looking at equality of trades, Brandon Marsh is probably pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to throw a catcher's blurb in there for you. Um, I like Ryan's answer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to go 81 through 85 here. Jake Fraley, Alex Kirilov, Pete Crow, Armstrong, Ezekiel Duran, and Sedane Rafaela. We're starting to get bleak here, Ryan, because I don't want – well, I guess one guy in this range, maybe. You, you want Jake Fraley? Come on, is that who you're thinking of? No, I'm, I'm starting to slowly oh. sour. I'm starting to slowly sour on him with the uh, builds that the Reds have right now. Can't sour on, can't sour on it Jake comes Fraley. Down, let, me, let me just real quick. It comes down to Jake Fraley versus Will Benson getting that platoon playing time. Sure, but even if, even if it is, he wasn't. Fraley was in a. Well, was he? platoon last year yeah, yeah. kind of Friedel got the full-time role jake fraley in 300 plate appearances last year 15 homers 21 bags 256 he was very good We're that's not denying very that. very good uh the projections a 16 16 guy with a 251 batting average like i don't know why jake fraley's going this late to be honest um it's platoon because he said 300 plate appearances that's that's the reason why but like i i don't know all it takes I know I'm preaching to the choir, but all it takes is, and maybe on the Reds it's a couple injuries. Maybe it's a couple yeah. because that roster, you're right, is is very deep. But uh, I just think like Fraley, especially in like a draft and hold format where you can have them all year. Like it is tough, maybe in in leagues where you have Fab and like he's playing three times a week. It's hard to have that roster spot on your on your team. But again, this is ADP three thirty. If you have to dump them. It's not a big deal. So uh, Jake Fraley for me is like a really good buy here. And you just kind of hope the playing time works out uh, a site that I familiar familiarize myself with once said buy skills, not roles. And Jake Fraley, I think is perfect <laughs> for that. That's valid. Um, yeah. The, the, the Fraley path to playing time is either takes the job from Benson or he platoons with either India 
at DH or Spencer Steer. I doubt it's Spencer Steer. So those are the angles. It looks like Fraley could be a strong side platoon, but we'll see. Why didn't the uh, Reds trade for Corbin Burns? They've got all these bats, just like great. Orioles. Maybe they'll trade for Dylan Cease. We'll see. Oh, God, that'd be <laughs> Dylan Cease and Great American Small Park. Ooh, for two more years. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Be like Hunter Green, Dylan Cease, Spider-Man gif. God. That'd be That'd be wild. Fun is one way to put that. Yep. Uh, the guy I'm going to mention here is Ezekiel Duran. And you can make fun of me now because you, I told you Fraley doesn't play enough. So how's Duran going to play enough? I get yep. it. That, that's yep. fair. Playing that's fair. King here, Ezekiel yeah. Duran. Let that's, me, fair. Uh, that's fair. That's uh, fair. I'll let you go. Uh, that's fair. I'll give it to you. He did have 439 plate appearances last year. Ooh. Um, 14 homers, 8 steals, 275 average. But uh, I like the flexibility position-wise. And I think he's a better option than a few players on the Rangers. So it just takes an injury or two and he could play quite a bit. So if I have to pick someone here, I pretty much avoid this range. I was always a Sedane Raffaella fan, but once the um, Red Sox got Tyler O'Neill, kind of put a kibosh on that one. So I'd pretty much just avoid this range is what it comes down to. Would Duran start in place of Corey Seager? Good. He played shortstop last year, I believe, actually. Yeah. I, think I mean, he's, he's eligible at short. Yeah, he's he eligible at third. He's last up, year. Yeah, he's eligible at outfield. Like, yeah. so when Leody goes down, he can play the outfield. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is a thing. Like, Fraley does not have those multiple paths to playing time. Yep. Duran does. Yep. I, I mean, Corey Seager has had his injuries. He already has one right now. So he already has one right now. Um, and so just that ability to not, – not only the flexibility helps from a, you know, roster holes but uh, it also helps on a real team chances of more guys going down so i like i like i like the duran i mean he's still no fraley but sorry he's no and the thing is if you were to tell me fraley would get 450 to 500 plate appearances i'd be on board with you on that one so yeah it's you like I, I agree the dc option much better than fab option that's that's the way i look at it for both the guys probably um, now we're getting into the nitty gritty here. Eighty six to ninety. Hunter Renfro. Surprised he's actually. I'm surprised he's still down here. Honestly, uh, Andrew Benintendi, Garrett Mitchell, Jake McCarthy, and there's the aforementioned Johan Rojas. So, uh, after that noise you made, who who do you like here? Crickets. I got nothing. Maybe. I don't. I don't like any of these guys. I mean, I, maybe Rojas. I'm guessing that, were, that I'm guessing that's the one you're going to talk about. So. No, just because I don't know where his path to playing time is. If he were to yeah. have a path to playing time, I'd be I'd be much more intrigued with Rojas. Like Rojas again, people probably hate hearing this. I love him in DCs because all it takes is one injury. He'll get a good couple week run. It'll be very good. So uh, he just runs for days, literally. But I don't know when he's going to get it. It's the problem. And like I think Renfro's only going to play against lefties. Benintendi, like I'd rather have a corpse. In I my will say this, lineup. I'll say this about Renfro. They already came out at their either some media scrum or something like this past week. The three starting outfielders right now are Renfro, Isbell, and uh, whatever their other guy is. I'll look that up, but they want Renfro out there a lot. That says a lot about the Royals. Sorry, Mr. Yeah. Gialdi, if you're if you're still listening. Um, yeah, they got Renfro, Isbell in center, and MJ. Yeah, you're right. I mean, left. maybe maybe he does play every day, but I mean he. Never, he oh, hasn't for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. The injuries have been a concern. Uh, he did play 140 games last year, though. Hit 20 homers, yeah, hit 233. Yeah. 
Like yeah, maybe way- maybe I'm underselling Renfro. Maybe yeah. Renfro is maybe Renfro is. The he's pick. the guy I would do here. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he's my pick here. Just because it's hard to find the if he were to run good because he's only 32. He feels so much older than that. Honestly, like there's a ridiculous amount of power there if he figures it out. Yeah, and these other guys don't have anything to offer. Yeah, agreed. The, the caveat I'll, I'll give. Uh, <laughs> Let's not cost. Well, he is in the chat. Let's not cast aspersions. Yeah. Um, the 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 one thing, uh, Garrett Mitchell. I know there's some people, some smart people, and Mike Curlin that are very high on Garrett Mitchell. If he were to get playing time and with more trades maybe happening, that might actually happen. Yeah. Someday. So yeah, yeah. keep That's an eye true. on Garrett Mitchell because going into last season, people were very optimistic, excited to draft him. Then he got hurt. That's when Joey Weimer got his chance, so on and so forth. Garrett Mitchell's not a guy to I wouldn't sleep on him if I like he could be a guy that could kind of burst out of this range. Yep, I I, I buy that. All right, your next group here, 91 through 95. Chris Taylor, Lamont Wade Jr., Willier Abreu, Harrison Bader, Jesus Sanchez. Who do you like here? Um, I'll I'll give a, a tepid recommendation for Harrison Bader. Um just because I think I think I mean it's not going to happen, but if Harrison Bader was healthy. was healthy, there's I mean there's like a forty stolen base guy here. Um, he makes he makes contact. Like yes, Harrison Bader hit two eighteen last year, but I think he could go back up to like the two fifty level that he was a little bit earlier in his career. Um, there's some non zero power, and again, while he's healthy, I think he's I think he's got the job. So uh, that's more than you can say about some of these other guys. So I'll go, uh, I'll go Harrison Bader. And again, when he gets hurt, you can drop him. But if he starts the season healthy, maybe you get a month, six weeks or something of, of, of pretty, pretty excellent stolen base production and maybe something that doesn't hurt as much in average in home runs. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bader would be the guy for me as well. Cause again, you said if healthy, it's a big capital I F on that one. He does have, like 2020 appeal if he were to stay healthy like maybe at least 15 mm-hmm. like he, he's that good and maybe it's more like 2030 you said there's 40 steel upside there there's a lot to like with bader if he were to stay healthy and, and you don't you're not drafting these guys for the full season i mean remember no. this is adp 380 so like you're you're dropping these guys at the first sign the of an issue exactly like, and so like i'm at i'm at least gonna shoot this for late upside. in the draft shoot for guys who want a per game basis while they're playing can get me something and then move on uh, yeah. if I need to. That's so. why I like Harrison Bader. Like, well, your Braves fun, more of a DC pick. Lamont Wade Jr. I like more of a DC pick. Jesus Sanchez, there's like a lot of power there. There really is a lot of power. He just hasn't stayed healthy enough. But it's like a 240-ish hitter that if he were to run pure is 25 to 30 home runs. Like, there's a lot there. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So if you are shooting for the upside. I could see an angle to, to going after a Jesus Sanchez in, in a perfect world. But for me, it's Harrison Bader because we just said, like, this is a 2020-ish type guy, give or take both directions on those stats. And to find that this late in the draft, almost pick 400 for crying out loud, that's not doable. That's pretty crazy to think about. So you shoot for the ceiling on that kind of scenario and see where you land. Yep, agreed. I'd, I'd go 15-30 over, like, more than 20-20, but I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm nitpicking. But. No, you're you're – Probably more accurate on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll concede on that one. Uh, and the last bit we have here, 96 to 100, Mitch Hanniger. 
Brenton Doyle, Mickey Moniary boy, Matt Veerling, Michael Conforto. Oof. Uh, that's <laughs> correct. Agreed. <laughs> I would. Wow. I actually just drafted Brenton Doyle, so I guess I need to defend that. Doyle rules. Decision. Doyle does rule. Um, <laughs> I mean, you do want to talk 2020. Brenton Doyle, yes, he may only hit like 200, but in weeks where he's in cores, maybe you get the better side of that production. Um, and I think the playing time is safe. So I'll go Brenton Doyle. Um, I thought I was going to say Matt Veerling, but I don't know if you saw today where a report came out that he does not, in fact, have the third base job nope, in Detroit. He, he is sharing with two other yep. people. So uh, Matt Veerling is 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 not a target for me. He's got a menage a trois going on at third base. That's not what we want to see in baseball. So no, not good for playing time situations. Um, like for fun, it's Mickey Moniak just because he produced. But I, we're we're not going to sit here and be like, well, he strikes out thirty five percent of the time. He had a three ninety seven Mavip. Like all these things just point to so much regression. It's ridiculous. Uh, 12.6% barrel is nice, though. I'll say that much. Uh, 110, almost 111 max EV. That's strong. Like, even the X stats, you know, 280 average, 245. At this point in the draft, you can live with that. That's not the end of the world. But, like, really, how much power, how much speed does he have to offer? It's the Angels. I really hope I'm not drafting an outfielder right now. That's all I can say. When we're in the draft, this better not be an outfield spot type situation. I mean, you you could, you could wish and hope that um... – Hanniger going back to Seattle just rekindles some of that magic of 2021 where he did have 110 runs, 100 RBI, and hit 39 home runs. Uh, I mean, you Good. you are jaded from yeah. Mitch Hanniger's time in I, San I never, Francisco. I never, li- I never liked that trade in the first place. And it but, came to uh, fruition. There's at least, like, if we want to talk ceiling, yeah, it's fair. this is a dude who has done it before. Like one and time. And it was like two years ago, and he's and Hanniger is thirty three. So like, I don't know. Yeah, Michael Conforto in similar vein, but yeah, he just he just can't. Uh, like they're both just injury guys. If if Conforto and, and Hanniger both played one hundred and forty games, you're probably talking twenty to twenty five home runs pretty easily. I think maybe. Yeah. So like that's at least where you could go with, in that argument for sure. Uh, Hanniger on the better ball club, so counting stats should be better in Seattle. But uh, yeah, that's it's just a tough spot. I would not want to be picking outfield out in this range. Like have them before pick three hundred or at least three fifty. Like, like don't 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 be wading in these waters if you don't have to. It's not always easy. I get it. Got to fill their positions, but not a fun Trust place. Me, to I, I I waded in the water earlier today with Brenton Doyle, so it it it, it did not feel good. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure in that same league I drafted Harrison Bader before that. So we're, we're, we're partying together. It's okay. Um, just for fun here, before we have listener questions, I hope I'm not throwing a, a too big of a curveball at you here. But uh, on the first uh, sheet, the 40 through 71, if you had to pick like one guy on that sheet that you kind of want to walk away from, who would it be? Because people ask us like our late round targets. So who would a, a, someone be in this range? Or how about we do 40 through 55 and 55 through 70? Give one on each side of the chart, basically. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think so. I'll go Starling Marte. I'm trying to follow. If I'm following yeah, your rules, I'll go yeah, Starling right. Marte as my as my target from outfield 41 to 55. Perfect. You understood, yes. And I'll go late. This is the time in the podcast where I say it's been a long week. Yep. We always say that. But uh, I'll go Leone Tavares um, on the outfield 56 to 70, going at ADP 275. Those would be my two guys. For 41 through 55, I will go Christopher Morell. And from 56 to 70, I will go with... That's a tough one. Probably is Leody, but I'll take someone else. I'll take... Give me Captain Jack Sawinski at that pick. So we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about him in a minute. All right, what All about... Right. Let me throw it back to you. One One name on this current board from, whatever, 71 to 100. What's your one name that you're going after that we just talked about? The one name we're going after on this this specific board. It is a long week. Don't take my guy. Um, no, I won't take your guy. I guarantee I'm not going to take your guy. I will go. I'm going to go upside here, and I'm going to go Brandon Marsh. I'll go Willie Castro. Yeah, I almost went Austin Hayes, but I'm gonna take. I think that's the floor. Marsh is the ceiling potentially, so I'll take Brandon Marsh in that range. All right, right, let's talk listener questions. Have a little fun with this one because you guys came through once again on this show, which we fully appreciate here. And my goodness, I got to scroll up here. We had so yes. Shout out to the (laughs) kind of while you scroll, like it, it, it honestly, uh, not not to do two sappy. shows in a row here but it does mean a lot to get all these questions from you guys and and we've always said from the beginning when we started the show anyone who wants to ask this question we will answer it on the show we we truly value audience and listener engagement and so if you guys want to hit us up for questions even if it's not related to the topic of that night or even if it's not baseball in general whatever uh we will we if you take the time to send us a question we will reciprocate uh, at the end of each show all right, let's get this party started. J-Dub the Gamer. Pete Armstrong, getting in, does he get enough quality at bats this year to warrant a draft spot or wait to pick him up in season? I do not think he warrants a draft spot. Agreed. Agreed, yeah. unfortunately. He might not even start the year with the big club. So let's yep. go with that. Uh, in the chat here, if you're in the chat, you get dibs on the next question at all times. Joe Rico, what's your favorite high noon flavor? Kidding, kidding. That's That's been a popular question. I like the new tangerine. Big fan of that right now. Yeah, throw that one out there. Um, Dave Petro's yellow. I have a knack lately of being a year early on a guy. I was big on Brian De La Cruz last year. He was okay, but I was hoping for more. I still think there is some upside. And I think his OC ADP is like in the 320s. I think that's a good shout. I think that's a great shout. I like Brian De La Cruz uh, a lot because, again, it's we, we talk you can't find batting average at that point in the draft. Like It's not an elite batting average, but it's pretty good. And I think there is some pop there, and he's going to play pretty much every day. So yep. what are your thoughts on Mr. De La Cruz? And, uh, agreed. Entering age 27 season, this will be his second full season in the big leagues. Um Major growth, major growth in season yep. last year for Brian De La Cruz, and and the surf and the best part about that is the surface stats didn't quite show it. In the second half last year, Brian De La Cruz hit two thirty six with ten home runs, uh, but the strikeout rate was way down, the fly ball rate was way up, and the hard contact, the barrel rate was way up. So um, again, kind of going arbitrary endpoints here with those two halves. 
but this lady, if you're trying to kind of find that needle in a haystack, um, I like that. And the icing on the top is the forecaster box for Brian De La Cruz and with an upside of 30 home runs with a 270 batting average, which should just be a, a freaking boon uh, where yeah. he's going. Be amazing where he's going. So I'm on board with you there. I've actually been taking him a ton in uh, underdogs, like my seventh outfielder. I was like a late, late outfielder. I've been a big yeah. fan of, of that because he's ADP so far down on that one. And as those of us that do it know, outfield kind of goes away, and those late outfielders are not pretty. We've got um, a, a, a oh. thing from uh, Mr. Gialdi in the chat. Side quest is, is Ellie De La Cruz and Brian De La Cruz on the same squad. Um I might raise that side quest, both nailers, in honor of you, Bubba. That'd be great, because Gialdi has been mastering the side quest. If you follow him on Twitter, he's been crushing those lately. Yep. And for those who don't know what those are, it's obviously you get both Nailer Cruises, or you get both nailers, or there's, uh, I can't remember which one he he got lately. It was was pretty good. It was uh, um, pretty, pretty fun stuff. Uh, Ben Bingham asks, do you have any targets who would be good upside grabs at the end of a 12 team? So three to three fifty ish range or 15 teams, four to four fifty ish range. I'm thinking of guys we could watch in spring training to see if they have full-time jobs and cut it, cut the at-bats aren't there. Um, We talked about a lot of your 12 team options. I'm pretty, unless you have someone else you want to mention, Ryan, I think we covered uh, most of those. Yeah. Yes. Four to four fifty. I just pulled up the ADP. All right. Um, right ben, Ben's that. Ben's in the uh, auction listener list. league as well, so be very careful. Well, here, with here's your recommendation a, here. Here's a guy I've been taking in DCs right now because his ADP is low because he doesn't have a home. Adam Duvall around four ten. Yeah. Yes. He's a guy I like a lot because once he gets an ADP or a team, that drums seventy five. Maybe I don't know if hundred, but maybe that's like early three hundreds. The dude can still mash. So that's a guy I have circled. Um, I'll go. This sounds terrible coming out of my mouth, but I think Ramon Laureano is going to play every day to start the season. And and his ADP is 468 and a good power speed combo guy. I will go Tyrone Taylor at like 500 as well. I think Tyrone Taylor, yes, probably a fourth outfielder on the Mets. We just talked about Harrison Bader (laughs) getting hurt, which will happen at some point. So I think Tyrone Taylor is a decent late option as well. Uh, And then I'll give two just quickies. I don't get too deep into it, but he's talking about guys that maybe get playing time or things change with with playing time and spring training and whatnot. Hunter Goodman of the Rockies. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of optimism on his prospect status. Like if he were to actually play a lot, it's 20 plus uh, home run power there. Super late in your drafts. And then don't sleep on Stone Garrett. He had that nasty leg injury with Washington, but before he got hurt, was extremely good, like really, really playing playing great baseball. He's optimistic to start the year with the team, but if not, he misses maybe the first month. There's no one else that should take his job once he's healthy. They'll, they should give him runs. I think Stone Garrett's a guy, if you can kind of see when he'll start and if you can hold him, he'd be a guy I'd look at. He was someone I actually wrote up uh, Garrett in the speculator already this year who really pops when you give him 600 plate appearances. And then listening to your podcast with Lauren Auerbeck on the Nationals, uh, she was she was pretty high on him as well. Yep. So. I remember having him in leagues. Got another listener question here from Eric in the chat. Any prospects we're stashing in a 16-team league that would be in the 450 range or even undrafted? I think Goodman counts as a prospect still, maybe. Um, um, I'll go Victor Scott. That's a Cardinals. 
That's a great one. I think yes. you've, you've got you've got the potential for some elite speed if the Cardinals give uh, Victor Scott a chance. Which, like, you know, with a hot spring, you never know. I'm not saying it's yeah. going to happen, but uh, but I'll 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 go, Mister uh, Mister Christian Scott. And there's actually a lot I like down here. Like I like a lot of guys. There's 500 range more. I like the 400 range. Like at least take chances oh. on. I'm not, like, Johnny DeLuca is interesting to me if you were to play. Uh, I like okay. the fight in Palacios. We got Richie Palacios and Joshua Palacios down here. The one I like the most, we mentioned his name and didn't even talk about him. Kyle Isbell of Kansas City. That's a 15 15 dude that might play every day in center field. He's at 550. Yes. Yes. So Isbell's one I really like down here. And then if you want a prospect one, for instance, Dylan Cruz of Washington is the guy to stash. And Chase DeLauder of Cleveland, I would I would add on to that list as well. That's the one, the Palacios com- completed quest by the, the fighting. Gialdi got the fighting Palacii on his same team. That's pretty impressive stuff there. Is it? Uh, is it though? They're like, what, ADP's 500, <laughs> 550 or whatever. Hate, haters gonna hate. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Taylor. Uh, Taylor underscore Bauer 11 says, are you buying the dip on Ward? That'd be Taylor Ward is, is his is surname. Um, ADP is 239. That is a dip for Taylor Ward. I know some smart people are. I'm still kind of torn on what to do with him. What are you doing with Taylor Ward? I'd, I'm torn. I w- I'd love, strictly on paper, I'd love to buy the dip. It, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't want to say his, his injury last year was like life-threatening, but it was awful when he yeah. got hit in the face um i don't and i know daniel prep has talked about this on your angels preview like we can't really quantify what that does to it's somebody like when it was that bad um i just i worry like I'm, maybe i'm getting morbid here but we we don't see the same taylor ward again um Possible. that is somebody who i'm looking at in spring training. that it, that is a spring training performance that i'm taking stock in uh, I want to see how Taylor Ward reacts. And if, if he has a good spring, I think we could safely assume that he's over that kind of mental hurdle and, uh, and, and can, and then you can buy the dip. But for me right now, it's a wait and see on Taylor Ward. All right. This is a question I think directed to you, Ryan, without him even knowing, but BP at futures underscore, but I have Jake Fraley in an NL only league for $6, even without everyday playing time. If he can reach that projected 16, 16, He's worth keeping, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. NL only, like NL yeah. only. Yeah, I can even back that up. But NL only. Yeah, you, you, you do that for sure. Uh, first world problems says um, Morell. Will he get the at bats if they sign Bellinger or Chapman? That's the concern. They still want to, but the Bellinger part would be concerning. Yes. I'll be honest. And yeah, you mentioned that during your Morel talk. So yeah. yeah, and then he says Yoshida. Will he sit some versus left-handed pitching? I don't think so. Think so. Um, yeah, Yoshida is one who we did not cover and had a had a pretty, I mean, quietly a pretty good year. Hit 289, 15 home runs, 70 plus runs in RBI with eight steals. Like that's that's pretty good production for someone going. Uh, where is he at? He's 190. So he is, I mean, there's there's other profiles later like that, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, I mean, you mentioned Quan. I think you would take Quan over Yoshida since yep. you brought him up. Um, but but yeah, there could be some I there could be some year two growth there. And these the lefty thing, like he was he was Yoshida was league average against lefties last year in terms of OPS, which was not what I like to look at. 
uh, for like real world value and platoon risk and that sort of thing. So no, I think Yoshida's playing time is pretty safe. Uh, Dan at DYK88 says, holy, Chris Bryant fell off of a cliff in a big way. Talk about peaking early in his career. Yeah, it's bad, bad folks. But you've been warned if you've listened to me long enough on all of my Yeah, shows. you've never really been. <laughs> never, never really been a Bryant guy. Nope. Uh, M at mask on, mask off 99. That's a hell of a name. Why is Kepler going so low? Why? That is the question. I think I posed that earlier in my yep. uh, my ode to Max Kepler. Um, yep. 293.80p. Why? Why? Yep. It's behind Chris Bryant, behind Jeff McNeil, behind Brendan Donovan. Uh, yeah. 100% with right. you. Our buddy Ed DiCaria says, very intrigued by Ward's skills and PT. Uh, 23 paw last two years. Only Shohei and Drury are higher in 23. So that paw, P-A-A-W, um, is from... Really, I think the best research article I've read in quite some time. It's in the it's in the baseball forecaster. So full disclosure, um, that is, and Ed has done our uh, research on playing time metrics. Paw is plate appearances per active week, which is basically saying when that player is healthy, how often, how many plate appearances does he get in a week? How many, how many does he rack up? And it is, and maybe I'm getting this somewhat wrong, but plate appearances per active week is just as predictive of actual plate appearances uh, than plate appearances itself. It's a very, very useful uh, metric. If you want to learn more about it, it's in the baseball forecaster. For sure. Uh, last question I got here, and I'll, I'll scroll through to make sure I don't miss anything. Eric Samolsky, Nelson Velasquez, exclamation mark. That's all he said, and I agree. Like, this is a dude, should be DHing. And if Renfro sucks, there you go. Like there's your there's your there's your sign, folks. If yeah, I love Nelson Velasquez. I have no problem with Nelson Velasquez. There's always the weird chance if something goes wrong, you know, he loses PT, maybe goes somewhere else. I don't know, but I'll, I'll take my chances at that EP. Yep, agreed. I know Eric is big on um, kind of pulled fly balls and pulled power, and I believe that that was one of his comments. Velasquez has that with Velasquez who. Uh, who who pops off then he also eric also says jack sawinski love needs to amp up he had an above average above league average swing strike percentage but 17 percentile called strike rate he doesn't swing and miss as much as people think he just gets himself into bad counts i agree i think there's a lot to like there if he could just just you know make a little more aggressiveness maybe i guess but the power is ridiculously legit um Ed Dicaria also asked, or not asked, but basically said, I want I want a top. So this is more pivoting to like general outfield strategy. I want a top five outfielder. So first round outfielder, Reynolds or Suzuki, my man. And then like five guys from this uh our first of two charts tonight, which um I think you could piece that together. I think I'd want one more earlier outfielder. Yeah, I'd want one more earlier one. in both a 12 team and 15 team league. Uh but I think feel like again it's hard to check every single box in these deeper leagues um so if you need to go deeper on the outfielder i i, I hope some of the names we brought up tonight uh tickle your fancy tickle your fat oh boy using phrases i use now this is perfect rubbing off on you this is good that'll do it 100 outfielders kind of we did it three episodes i think we covered the gamut the important stuff 
you guys had your chances three times to ask questions on them. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, Wait, we're not doing outfielders 101 not, through yeah. uh, no, bonus episode. It was scary when we just scanned through the like ADP 500 and beyond. Like, I like a lot more guys here than I did in 400. Like, yeah, there's a lot more. trying to get a fourth episode out of this. Thing. No, I mean, we're it's not just doing that. It's just me going, man, maybe I should sign up for another DC. Um, I don't want to. I'm doing my best not to, trust me. But final thoughts on the outfield position. I know we've kind of muttered it around the last few episodes. What are your final thoughts on this? Um, Very strong, and this is nothing groundbreaking, but pretty strong and deep earlier in the draft. Middle rounds, it kind of falls apart. If you want to listen to our last episode, Um, there weren't as many names that we were as high on. And then just kind of okay in the end game. So I, I am trying to prioritize outfield in 2024 and get at least two early uh, balanced bats. Yep. That's been my goal all along. Get at least two early balanced. If I can some act of God have three in the top 100, maybe I should be realistic three in the top 150. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to you other get, positions. It's like, it's difficult, but yeah, you've got to fill too many holes to, I should that. go back and watch our uh, labor stream of yours last year because somehow you did it. You had five in the first ten rounds, so I got to go check that out. But um, yeah, I did. You're right. Yeah, I, like, and I won. But, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's something to it, folks. But uh, that was also not for an overall. And there are a couple guys in that league that went a little off the rails on what they were drafting. So things are different. But it's it's a it's a fun position. There are players worth digging into some more as you get down the board but it's fewer and far between, and it's more to fill out your roster. Don't be relying on these guys to carry your team type situation. So that's where I think we emphasize, yes, you need to get them early because those are five category guys. Obviously, there's options later, but there's holes in all those options, and some of them get bigger and bigger, and it gets scary. So keep that in mind. Next week, we begin starting pitching. Yes, and we got three episodes there as well. So um, just just throwing it out there. Good chance we got three there to do you guys justice. But um, gonna head out, Ryan. Any anything fun for the weekend? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice, like fifties in Oregon and no rain. So yeah, well, oh, nice. I don't know. We'll take the kids running somewhere. I'm sure. yes. Run, run, kids, just run. Go. <laughs> just run. go outside. Run, chase the shiny object. Yeah, yeah no, I feel I'll, you there. Uh, I'll be, I'll be tuning into the event down your way at Pebble. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking forward to starting pitcher week. I guess we'll do, we'll do three starting. Yes, here's what we'll do. So next yep. week will be two starting pitcher episodes. Yep. Following week will be the third starting pitching episode, and then relievers, and then the twentieth. Labor. is labor yep. so we've almost got the content planned through february i think after labor so that february 22nd we will rev up our uh adp pocket. and do, do you happen to know what takes place the day before labor oh yes the, the auction league number one we kick it off we kick it off so we're going full circle folks this is yep. going to be fun it's february we're ramping things up. we haven't really slowed down but everything's ramping up no. it's it's draft season it's let's rock and roll we'll get your pockets adp out there and just have a blast and get you ready to kick rear end in the 2024 season so make sure y'all follow ryan on twitter at ryan bhq the podcast at bubba bloom pod i'm at bd entry this was Bub in the Bloom, episode 104. Catch y'all next time. Mm-hmm.